We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dan's be here, the old man Andreas Hale. Hopefully, you guys checked out our boxing and MMA episode already. But today, straight pro wrestling. It's kind of like a mini show because we have a full pro wrestling show still to come later on in the week. Impact is in town. So that's going to be super fun. Producer Cole Bebe is driving in for it. He's going to be here in studio. We're going to talk AEW, Impact Wrestling, which I don't talk enough about New Japan because Sasha made her debut. Wasn't the main event? Should have we'll, been. We'll talk about that and everything that goes around there. And then also still talk about a little bit about WWE. NXT would have happened by there. So a normal pro wrestling episode, but bigger will happen later on in the week. But we didn't want to go that long without talking about Elimination Chamber. So we're like, all right, we'll give a little mini episode real quick. Just run down the card straight through. Talk about even some of the stuff that happened on Raw, but our feelings about the pay-per-view and going forward. Before I get to that, a huge part of this pay-per-view. It's not on this match card. I have to talk about Heel Wani <laughs> and, and your boy, Tony Khan. Oh, my God. Not to mention you... Coach, but like... Yeah, I mean, for those who saw, like, uh, Errol Hawani did the, he did the narration for Sami Zayn on BT Sports. great. Then he did an appearance. He was on the pre-show for WWE. And Tony Khan, who's been on this podcast, had a, basically a conniption fit. Um, for those who remember, Tony Khan appeared on Errol Hawani's show following Brawl Out and felt like uh, Errol asked him a bunch of questions that he couldn't answer. Legal issue, like legally couldn't answer. And Tony took exception to it. Ariel said it was the most frustrating interview he's had. And then Ariel interviews Triple H. And then people are like, damn, you just threw him softball questions because you have that whole Vince controversy hanging over your head. And now when, I guess when Tony saw Ariel on WWE programming, it was like, aha! Conspiracy! <laughs> you're biased. You're a bi You're not a real journalist. You're biased. Um... Yeah, it's it's very interesting because I see both sides of this. I see this as Ariel saying to himself, like, I'm an MMA journalist. And this is pro wrestling. And I'm not a pro wrestling journalist. But, 
you know, my personality, like Rosenberg or somebody else. Yeah. And I take advantage of that. And, you know, his agent's Nick Khan, and Nick Khan is with WWE. And, uh, yeah, so if I get the opportunity to do something, I'm be part fan, part whatever, part more personality than reporter. I see that side of it. On the other side of it, I see Tony Khan going, what the fuck? Because I showed up on your show, you bombarded me with questions that you knew I couldn't answer, and then when you had Triple H, it, it was like, let's not even talk about Vince McMahon, and let's not even talk about these things. I can see where Tony's coming from. 100%. I, if I was Tony, I would just let it go. I saw him on there, and I was like, that's fucked up, and I would have moved on. Instead, he tweeted about it. Ariel called him the snowman. Tony took exception to that. <laughs> like, these two are, like, these two clearly don't like each other. Man, I keep saying it's going to be fun having Tony Khan back on this show for double or nothing. Uh, but, yeah, it's a mess. I just, I, like, I know them both. I know Tony. I know Ariel. And I just, it's funny when you get know two people that are, like, beefing, and you just, like, listen to both of them, and you're just like, Really? Um, but I, I, I just, Ariel doesn't take pro wrestling journalism seriously. He takes MMA journalism seriously. The problem with Not that. Not many I, people take pro wrestling no, journalism No, they don't. Seriously. Like, you have Sean Ross Sapp, you have Dave Meltzer. You don't have, you have a few others, like Wade Keller. But you don't have too many people that do pro wrestling journalism as a living. So when Ariel's doing it, he's like, I'm not taking this seriously. The only problem with that is. If you're not taking it seriously, then you can't interview somebody like Tony Khan on your show yeah. and ask him those hard questions because you're going to get backlash from lobbing softballs to Triple H, right? Even if you don't think they're softballs, you got to look at the perception of it. Brawl Out was a big deal, but nothing compares to Vince McMahon having to retire because of sexual assault and, and money under the table allegations. Nothing compares to that. And if you, can't, if you can talk about Tony about that legal shit and you can't talk to about Hunter about that legal shit, People are going to be critical of you. And I, I totally understand that. I don't think he's going to understand and see where that's coming from because he's in full Hilwani mode right now where he's just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. That's what he's doing. Because uh, you saw Jonathan Coachman come for him too. <laughs> but I don't left field. But I also get where Ariel's coming from. It's just like, why does everybody keep picking on me? Right? And now, because I don't work for ESPN, the gloves are off. I'm coming for all you motherfuckers. And it's Ariel, right? He's not the toughest guy in the room, but Ariel's tired of people talking shit to him. So I get it. So I don't have a dog in this race. I'm not picking sides. I was just entertained watching this interaction. And yeah, both of them dislike each other. Maybe we'll have them both on the show. Oh, that would be phenomenal. Like just one to the right, one to the left. Yeah. It's funny. It'll be the most passive aggressive oh, beef ever. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. Barbershop window. Like, if I get Ariel to super kick Tony Khan through the producer glass, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're to the moon, baby. We're viral. But it's funny because Ariel, again, when he's on camera doing stuff on WWE, I get it because you watch wrestling for so long. And even me, like, as a fan of it and everything, I've never had to be in that spot, but I would assume, like, you go there and it's easy to be like, What's my gimmick? Right? So, like, you're like, I'm on wrestling television. I need a gimmick. And I need to portray this gimmick. And that's what I'm doing here. And that's what it kind of came across as on television. And he's like, not that, you know, I'm, I'm an MMA journalist. I'm not a wrestling journalist. He's like, on my show, I am a journalist. If I have anyone on my show, Joe Schmo, 
I am a journalist. And first and foremost, that is what my show is. Now, when I go home to my house, do I still have to be a journalist? It's weird. Like, when do you turn off the journalist button? When do you take off the journalist cap? And this is what he's saying. I'm not on my set. I'm not at a fight. I am not anywhere like that. I am recreationally somewhere else for whatever reason. I can be in a character. I can now be in my gimmick because I'm on television. In this case, I'm in sports entertainment. I might as well be on a telenovela. Like if, if I am on a telenovela and you're watching me, I got to be journalist, Ariel. No, you should suspend belief. And I am whatever character I'm playing. He was doing shit on his own accord. It was outside of his show, outside of his brand. It wasn't MMA fighting. It was none of that shit. Where does the line stop? That's, that's the hard part. And that's the tough part of it. Because much like I watch Stephen A, I watch Skip Bayless. I've interacted with Stephen at ESPN. He's not who you see on television. Not that he's fake on television, but he's not running around yelling at you all day. He's so calm, chill, quiet, dapping everyone up, respectful, and he'll talk sports, but it's at a whole different tone, a whole different pace. It's, it's more like, yo, me and you talking. Right. On air, that is not him. Should he never turn that off? Like, where, where's the line here? So, yeah, it's, it's weird that, and I get Tony's point. I'm not, I'm not arguing yeah. that Tony isn't wrong. Because he's just like, yo, Tony's saying, in synopsis, keep that same energy. Yes. And Errol's like, fam, my energy there ain't my energy here. It, dude, it's tough. Like, they're, I mean, people listen to the show or people know, like, yes, I'm friends with B. Like, we've had Bianca on the show. We, like... We've had Tony on the show. But if WWE asked me to do something, I'm going to do it. Like, I'll do it, right? As long as I don't... And that's always been the case with me. As long as you tell me... If you, if you try to tell me what I have to do to the other company, I'm not going to do that. If you tell me, if you're friends with them, you can't do this, I can't do that. But if you're like, hey, we want you to host a pre-show. All right. And then I'll continue to trash you on my podcast. and. But I, I, I even handily trash both companies when they're not good. And I even handily praise you when you're, when you're right. As long as you're not telling me I have to do it any different, cool. In the case of Ariel, he loves WWE. Like, this is what he grew up. And not even loves, and actually, yes, loves WWE. He doesn't love pro wrestling. He's not us. No. Right? He's not a good friend of ours, Mark Raimondi, <laughs> who is a Mark. Like, yeah. he, he loves pro wrestling. He ain't going to Japan. No, Ariel likes WWE. So if, if your childhood dream is to appear on WWE programming, I get it. It's, and it's like, it's not the same as MMA and boxing. It's sports entertainment. Like, it's, there's a, this a fine line the shit there. shit ain't real, Dre. That's what, it, none of this is real. No, it's scripted no. programming, like for stuntmen. Like if you want to really like boil it down to what it yes. is, it's scripted for with stuntmen that hurt, put them their bodies online week in and week out. But it's not, every outcome is, and, is predetermined. And I get it. When Tony went on the show, Ariel asked him some very real, 
legal yeah. question. It was funny because like Tony's like, what the fuck? Like I watched that interview and I was like, this is uncomfortable. By like the fifth question, Tony was like, yo. Like Tony just looked at him like, you know what my answer is going to be. Right. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, this got very real. Like the MJF interviews are, there's good questions in there. But MJF can still kayfabe. Yes. Ariel, right? Like Tony, to his credit, he doesn't go on shows to kayfabe anybody. He's just him. Maybe that's the, the disconnect. For everything that is worth, Tony doesn't have a character. No, it's he's, him. Yeah, he's not Mr. McMahon. Yeah. Which may or may not have been a character. We're, we, are, we are unsure of this. But we, we know that there was a gimmick at some time. Uh, Paul Levesque now is trying to bridge that wall of there being a gimmick. But if he re- showed up on television for a match, for any, he's retired. But if he did, when he did, when he was running NXT, yeah. he showed up on main roster as a bad guy. And he was Triple H still. But he was Paul Levesque when we are NXT. It's two different guys. So there, there's that split. Tony Khan doesn't have that. He's him. He's hugging the talent. He's chilling. He's, he's him all the time. And I, I don't think he got that disconnect of Ariel is a journalist here. He was contracted, I'm sure, as talent, as a performer, right. as an interviewer. He could have been Bobby Heenan. Like, right. he could have been a dick. And that would have been his gimmick. Yep. You know, like, it, it's okay in that space. So it was very weird to see. The, the subtle jab by Michael Cole, though, was quite funny. Yeah, I mean, the subtle, that should, is what should have really sent Tony off. Because, like, <laughs> Might have. Michael Cole, like, true unbiased journalism is like, you motherfuckers. And because <laughs> it wasn't Ariel telling him to say that. Yep. That came from up top. We're defending Ariel. Yep. Right? And, and that was just like, the line was drawn in the sand. Like, I guarantee you, Tony ain't doing no more MMA hour. No, I'm, I'm now wondering if AW talent will do MMA hour. I, I don't. I don't they know. Just had, he just had MJF. Yeah, I'm very curious. And again, like we we should, if as long as all the stars align, we talked to Tony when he was here last time. He was like, I'll do your show again. We'll see how the schedule shakes out. Hopefully there's no MJF situation or CM Punk situation. But I'm very curious. Like this year has been really crazy for Tony Khan. We say this every three weeks and then never like a three something, weeks else after, happens. something else happens. It, and it's like, and what you said is very true. There is no gimmick. He is... He loves pro wrestling, and he and he has more than enough money to put on his own show. So to him, it's like, what well, I got to make a character? My character is me. I love pro wrestling, and I'm going to sign the people that you guys like and that I like, and I'm going to put the matches together that you guys like and I like. And I'm not here to make sports entertainment. I'm here to watch very good in-ring pro wrestling, and I'm not ashamed to say that. All I ever want Tony to do, and I've told him this in the past, like sometimes you just get your ass off of social media. It's tough. Because he was a message board guy. Yeah, you he, know, he, ah, he is. Storyline sucks. Like social media yeah. is somewhat ingrained in his fandom. In, in, his, in his pie of pro wrestling, it's been watching and talking on social media. And then probably fantasy booking which is now real booking because he gets to do it every week. So it's like, all right, you've always watched, which it shows he was watching WWE. Oh, yeah. So he was watching the broadcast for Ariel because that wasn't social clips. Like, no one clipped Ariel. He watched the show, so you still watch pro wrestling regularly. 
then you're booking it. Are we just going to eliminate this other pie of it? Like, it's so tough. It is very different. When you're like, yo, that's always what I do. I, I know people, oddly enough, who like, when they listen to music, I have a friend, listens to music all the time. The way he listens to music, all, yo, this new album came out. He goes, he rolls up, smokes his little weed. He goes and works out for two hours. Throws the entire album on, does his workout. Comes back out after that. Yo, this album was dope, but that's the only way he listened to music. No other people. Oh, yo, this album came out? Or back when my uncle's in music industry and blah, blah, people would pass out their CDs before they came out and shit. Yo, throw it in the car yeah. and, I, and drive around. Nowhere to go. I got to listen to it in my car to see what this album was really like. Yeah. So, like, that's him with pro wrestling. Yo, I, I can't just watch it. I also got to have social media open. Like, this yeah. is how I do it. I need to gauge the reaction of what's going on while it's going on. I need to see what this person's saying, what's trending, what's doing this. And occasionally, if some shit sets them off, I also got to say something. Yeah, my only problem with that, and I've mentioned this to someone, is like, you're rich. Yeah, it's different. You're rich, <laughs> and you, are, you own a company. Like, we are all beneath you. And what that means is you'll never win. Stop punching down. Because there's, there's more of us than there are of you, right? Nobody's going to agree with the billionaire, right? Everybody's going to say, oh, he's a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And then you can say, well, I, and I was like, you can justify your position. Most people just don't care. They just don't like you. And you'll never win. He doesn't get that. He's still that guy who loves pro wrestling, is on a message board as anonymous Tony, blah, blah, blah. T51 or whatever made-up screen name he has. But, dog, you're rich. You got Some of these things you got to let go. Addressing the Arrow situation, that's a deep cut because most people have already forgotten about the MMA Hour interview. 100% forgot about and it. And now everybody's like, well, what happened to MMA? And then people will watch it like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Like, you can't win. So I just, he should just let that one go. The views probably helped Ariel tremendously. Right. Like, Arrow wins at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Like, he don't care. WWE check and more views yeah. on the person. It'd be like, you can't come to AEW show. Arrow's like, so? I can't go to UFC either. Yeah, like, I don't give a shit. Look at my, my bank account. to my list. Yeah, look at my bank account. <laughs> you just made the list. So, yeah, Ariel doesn't care. Uh, let's go through Elimination Chamber then, talk about some of these matches. Let's, we we have to go top down. We can't wait to talk about Sami Zayn. And, yeah, we can. No, we can There's so much on that. I know, but... I, I feel like we breeze through this other All stuff. right, fine. Like, Elimination Chamber for the women. Like, why are we saving this for last? Women's Elimination Chamber... Oscar, Carmella, Liv, yeah, yeah, yeah. Natalia, Nikki Cross. We knew Raquel who was going to win. Yes, but you know what? It was more entertaining than I thought it'd be. I thought Liv it was... Morgan had one of the spots of the night. Yeah, I mean, th because it was like sometimes in Batista, give me what I want. Like, and they gave me what I want. And I was like, cool. The match itself, I was like, this is okay. I, I thought it was really good. Nah, I, I thought it was, I didn't think it was great. I, I was like, this is okay. Elimination Chamber is funny because after Elimination Chamber, uh, I had my, Peacock just running, and it, like, started at the first Elimination Chamber, and I just left it on. So for, like, four days, Elimination Chambers were playing in my office, and I just walk, and I was like, sometimes these matches really suck. Oh, they stink. And I was like, man, they stink. So this wasn't the worst one, but it wasn't great. And I was like, it's kind of on par with some of the other Elimination Chambers. But the, the only thing that really hurt, it was like, we're waiting a really long time to just know that Oscar's going to win. There yeah. was no chance anybody else was winning this. No, game. but they let her come in last. Yeah, she, like... Remember when Shayna Baszler was in it? Yeah, but she ran the table. Like, but she nerfed everybody. And I was like, this is miserable. Because, like, she just, like, you knew she was going to win. 
Asuka at least was like, all right, the little Carmella thing. But it, when it was her and Carmella, I was like, come on, guys. But Oscar wins. Corey Graves sold that shit like a billion bucks. He had to. This is why. <laughs> like, I love Corey on commentary for any Carmella match. Yeah, because he 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 leans. There's all no the hiding. No, nope. like you know that's my bitch. Like <laughs> he ain't playing with that. He loves loves Carmella matches and loves some Carmella. So I I, I love the commentary there. Um, and then Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, four minutes forty five seconds. Yeah, I mean we kind of got our non finish. It was a weird DQ. Kicked him in the nuts. Now the ref see shit. Uh, that there's always going to be a problem with that. But when the ref got eyes all of a sudden. Uh, referees are, it's, there's a lot. You have to suspend reality <laughs> when you watch pro wrestling. We'll talk about it at the main event too. You have to suspend reality because it fucks up the story if you try to yeah. throw that in there. So clearly, this is, I predicted this because I said, WrestleMania got to do a rematch. So you, you can't just blow it off here. You got to keep the shit going. And the low blow means that Lesnar couldn't escape Lashley's hurt lock. He had to cheat to get by, which is weird. A babyface cheats. But it's Brock. No rules apply to Brock. No. He does what he wants. Um, so then the next day on Raw, you got Omos and Lesnar. So we're going to get to see Omos throw. I mean, Brock Lesnar throw Omos in the sky. I can't wait. At Mania? No. It's, the, it's, no, it's like happen. next week, right? Yeah, It's going to happen before Mania. It's got to set the table for Bobby and Brock at Mania. With whatever stipulation they end up with. We talked about like fight pit, no street fight, whatever it is. Bray Wyatt's still around. Get the fuck out of here. Um, but this match, it was, it was fine for what it was. It was fine for that four minutes and the low blow and people were like, ah. But I was like, did you really want a clean ending in this Bobby match? wins? Though? Like, it should be Bobby versus Bray by the call out. Yeah, I mean. That makes no sense to me. No. Bobby versus what, Brock. Or excuse me, Bray versus Brock. You can go through some history. I, There's some I don't want that either. But like, I, I think what they would have been better off with a non-finish. Than a DQ finish. I thought it would be better off like brawling in the referee and they had to call yeah. in security and they was like, ah, we got to figure out. I thought it would have been better that way than the low blow. But I think they're trying to establish like Brock can't escape the hurt lock. Okay, fine. We'll see. Then the grit couple. I hate that. It's awful. Man. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the Judgment Day mixed tag match. It was cool. Finn ate the pin. Which made, like, I was like, Finn eating the pin, I was like, this kind of closes the door, I felt. Kind of. And then the next, they were like, nope. No. Finn attacks Edge in the U.S. title match. I saw that one coming. Uh, as yeah, soon we as all, Edge was like, yo, I'm challenging. Yeah, we saw that coming. I mean, because after they won, the first thing I said is like, well, shit, Edge needs a mania opponent. I was like, Gunther would be nice because Gunther has nobody right now. No. Which I figure they're going to end up doing like a triple threat with Drew and like Sheamus or something yeah. wild like that. But Easy way to get the belt on Sheamus without hurting Gunther. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get the title off of Gunther just yet. It's been a long-ass run, but it's the last belt Sheamus needs in his career. Yeah. So it's one of those things where him and Drew are, like, very chummy. It so could it's, happen. It's like one of those, like, he turns on Drew a little bit and wins. It, it, there's, there's intrigue there. He has his own crew. He just abandoned his own crew. I know he did. Um, but this match was fine. Uh, I'm like, how long are you guys going to wait to pull the Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio trigger? As Four long weeks as before? It takes. Like, I don't want to wait too long. Friday. Him crosses on Friday. Yeah, like, they got to start going in that direction. But I'm fine how this match turned out. Um, I thought Rhea, how she worked with Beth was good if she wasn't heading into a match with Charlotte. She gave Beth a lot of offense. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not saying she shouldn't have got any offense, but you gave her a lot. And 
Beth Phoenix is challenging nobody, right? Like, this is like revenge match, and then she goes off and does her retirement thing. But Rhea wanted to look stronger, and she didn't. It's not a huge problem. I was just kind of surprised how much Beth got in. I do like the Shatter Machine finish. I do as well. I do as well. So the real question is, all right, Finn gets pinned, right? He attacks Edge. I I just need Finn to say this one thing in a promo. You're going to make me tap into the old me. That's when we get the demon. Like, I need that at this I, point. I don't need it to be the quote unquote demon. No, either. I don't need it. I just, just need you to say I need to tap pain. into the old. Man. Yeah, right. Like I need to. I need to go back to my roots to be. Dig, yeah, dig deep. I need him to say that. Dark place. Because I need him to say something that says, "All right, you beat me, but you can't beat this version of me." That's all I need. Then I'm like, I'm good. If he doesn't do that, then I don't know. Like if he comes out as a regular ass Jamaicai Finn Balor against Edge of Wrestling, I'm good. I don't, I don't care. But if he comes, if he does the, if he does the paint and all that shit. It's going to be really hard to cheer Edge if that happens. I'll be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We get like the Jack the Ripper or any iteration. It's Hollywood, too. Oh, you got to go all out. Yeah, like he he has to go all out with this shit. So we'll see. By the way, how good was that Joker promo? Oh, with Seth Rollins? With Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch as the, as the man? Uh, that, that, was, that was really good shit. So good. Um, and then next up, A-Town Down, Austin Theory. Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Montez Ford, Montez Ford, um, Triple H. It's all right, Paul Levacchio. You forgot one. People were roasting his ass for not saying uh, that Montez shined in this match. And then Seth freaking Rollins, Elimination Chamber. This one was good. This was one of the better ones I've seen. Top three. Top three. I think HBK winning the title is still number one in Elimination Chamber matches. Yeah. But I think this was, this was great action. Um, Gargano looked great. Everybody, everybody had their moments. Yeah. Uh, I said Tesla was going to get his moment. I told you they're going to figure out a way to open that cage door to get Logan Paul in there to ruin <laughs> it for Seth. And that's exactly. And credit to Montez Ford because he had people thinking, "Oh my God, he's hurt." And I was like, "That motherfucker's selling his ass <laughs> off." Because I was like, "They got to get the cage door open." Yep. And they and you didn't. I mean, as soon as they opened the door, Logan could have ran in for anybody getting pinned. But I feel like by doing that, the cage door opens long enough. For Logan to run all the way down. And then I was like, perfect. Logan's leaning into the heel side of Logan Paul. In which he needs to be a heel. And there is no doubt in my mind that this is going to be an inexplicably good match at WrestleMania between Rollins and Logan Paul. That buckshot lariat looks like a million bucks. This motherfucker hangman's like, man, I gotta change my finisher. <laughs> it's like, this motherfucker came and stole my whole style. Word for word, bar for bar. And does it better. It's a damn shame. Like, <laughs> you made it a hot line, I made it a hot song. That's like Logan Paul's buckshot right now. Yeah. It's all bad. Uh, Austin Theory retains, though, because of Logan Paul. Any reference seen on Raw? Man is on fire. Yeah. He had to win this match. He's gotten exponentially better since dropping that briefcase. And they did it in the worst form and fashion possible. But it's the best thing for his career. Because we all forgot about it. Yeah. As much as Vince shot him to the moon. And Vince saw this problem. Everyone saw this. It was an Evolve and people saw this. Yeah, we knew. It was like 21-year-old champion and Evolve and he was the next big thing. But Vince, as he often did, burnt stuff out way before and it wasn't organic. Just force-fed stuff to people. He had a very old person mentality. No disrespect to Vince, but it's like... No, all the disrespect to Vince. Every, every day is like your last day. So you're like, yo, I'm just throwing everything out there right now. Like It's like, yo, slow down. But he's like, I don't have all the time in the world. 
So it's one of those things where it's like, when you give them a proper build, you make it make sense. This is the character people knew in Evolve. This is what's really inside of him. He's not a likable guy as a character. You had to bring that out. And now it's heat, but it's not go home heat. It ain't no. Corbin heat. No, it's Corbin. Corbin heat. Poor guy. He gets nerfed by people in street clothes weekly now. Yeah. Nobody even gears up to fight Corbin. Just street clothes. And But yeah, you look at Austin Theory and it's like, you know what? He's ready for Cena. And that's going to be one hell of a match that really establishes Austin Theory as like that next star. And he doesn't have to be star today, but a future star. Yeah, I'm still like, I'm not 100% on Cena at Mania yet. It feels like because they mentioned it on Raw. It shows up March 6th. They're, they're sending out email alerts. Yeah, I know. He shows up March 6th. He's got to promo the game, of course, it, which means like, it'd be very disappointing at this point if he doesn't work Theory at Mania. But I think it's not outside the realm of possibility that he doesn't work Theory at Mania. Like, I, I wonder. Um, but it's, it's the match that should happen. And, you know, Cena should lean into, like, my U.S. title run is much better than yours. And Theory can, like, fuck you. I'm a kid and I'm going to beat your ass, old man. And they can have fun with that. But Theory looked, he looked like every ounce of a good wrestling heel. Like, there's a lot of Seth Rollins in Austin Theory. Yeah. Not necessarily ring ability, but the way they carry themselves is like they do Weasley shit as heels, but they're still good wrestlers. That's Theory. Theory's going to be a babyface one day, and I'm not going to like it. No. <laughs> I'm not going to like no. it. It's, it. Seth Rollins is finally, like, it's working right now for Seth. I don't know how much longer it'll work because it always reverts back, but it's working as but a babyface. He's face. not a white meat babyface, thankfully. No. Like, they, they, they let him keep. They were like, be a dick, but let him cheer for you. Yeah. Right? Let and him then, sing your song. Yeah. And Keep then the wave. when he became a babyface, like, stop being a dick. And then it was like, but that's what we like. We like him being an asshole. So just be an asshole to the mean people. That's that's all Seth is. That's yeah. all you need him to be. Be an asshole to the good guys. You're now a heel. Yeah. Be an asshole to the bad guys. You're now a babyface. So the real question coming out of this is if we're going theory scene and we know we're going Rollins, Logan Paul, what are Gargano and Ford? doing. Those are the two, Damian Priest I don't care about in terms like maybe he'll interfere with the Judgment Day match, whatever. But Montez Ford had such a tremendous showing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they play up the injury angle. And then on the other side, Johnny Gargano is such a great wrestler. What are they going to end up doing at Mania? And it, and it sucks because yeah, you got two nights of Mania, but there's only so many matches you want to put on mm-hmm. and then you don't want to throw them in like some goofy-ass battle royal. Do they end up just not working Mania? Yeah, I think, and there was a good quote about, like, the depth in WWE. Fightful came out. There was, like, a report that Triple H was underwhelmed with the people who returned or whatever. Then Fightful put out, like, a follow-up report. Like, that's not really how it came across. And in the follow-up report, it made a lot of sense. It was just, like, Triple H, when he brought these people back, didn't promise everyone that they were going to be at the top of the card. The top of the card was planned out and solidified months ago. Six months ago, he brought these people back and said, you're here for depth, but with depth, you are going to work. You're not going to sit in catering. You're going to wrestle. Our program is going to be less stale. People hated the same people wrestling every match on the way to a pay-per-view. And that's because Vince cut depth. And the people that were there for depth, he never used. Kept them catering. Now these people are back, so you get a random match here and there. You get a Ziggler versus Mustafa Ali. Like, just because. 
and Ali's building a new character and all, but they're just there. So you're not watching the same match over and over a million times. And Gargano will go back into that. Ford has been doing that where, okay, Street Profits is still a tag team and they'll tag team wrestle or help someone out right now and then. But both guys have been doing more singles matches. So it's one of those things where maybe you won't be on Mania, but you'll be around that week and you'll fill out Raw. You'll fill out SmackDown. The Raw after Mania, you'll probably get into like a nice little match or a program. So it's one of those things where they are building that depth. And that's why those people were here. Because you can say what you want about the roster and you, you can't just have a roster of 20 people. It's, it's not going to work. You're going to burn people out. They're going to get injured. We saw a rash of injuries in the Vince McMahon date because people were just working too much. And it was just, not everyone's time is right now. When it is, you better go for it and catapult into it. But the depth of it, and then when there's times and spots to have battle royals or to have a Royal Rumble or to have a six-man elimination chamber match, y'all understand, y'all don't got programs, but we're going to let y'all shine. We're going to let y'all wrestle. We're going to remind people. And then everyone don't got to be a mania this year. But you're going to be around, and maybe you're in Mania next year. Maybe you're Sami Zayn wrestled Johnny Knoxville last minute last year on a TV match that was only there for Jackass because it was going to DVD. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. I got nothing else. And in a calendar year, he has the biggest story in the WWE, arguably the past 20 years. You never know. And that's all they could promise. Right. I think that's the, the key. I, I've seen a lot of people be critical of Triple H's booking. I said the new car center is off. So if, you're not, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, neither show is absolutely perfect, right? But it's the one, leaps and bounds better than what it was, though. Yeah. My one thing to push back on the critique is I'd rather see everybody get an opportunity because that's how you figure out who your next people are rather than having... And I, I, was, I said this all the time. I hated pay-per-views because it was like, I just saw this match on Raw, on SmackDown, and different variations to get there. Roman and Cody aren't going to touch each other in a match until WrestleMania, right? And that's the way it should be. But in the interim, if you want to start trying to build somebody else or you want to see what other, other people have, put them on TV. Chad Gable and Bronson Reed had a, a great match. Yep. And Gable just never got to wrestle with Vince. Now with, with Hunter, it's like, I get to wrestle. So if you ever want to pull the trigger on somebody like Chad Gable, it doesn't come out of the blue because he's been giving good matches. It's kind of like audition- model shit is great. Yeah, it's like it's auditioning all the time, but you're getting paid a lot of money to do it. So when the time comes for Montez Ford, it's not out of the blue. It's like, oh, he cooked the elimination chamber. He'll do this. And then when it's time to go, it's go time. Everybody can't be at the top. No, just wrestle. And then when we put you in money in the bank, people know why. Yeah, like And if you, if you win money in the bank, then... People know why. Dude, it's like a baseball team. It's like, oh, right fielder got hurt. You're going to get called up for a few weeks to take that spot. If you shine, we, gotta, we, get, we have a good problem now. Yep. Now we have two great right fielders, right? And if your right fielder ends up being Aaron Hicks, see so decision made. Bye. But that's what you want. You want people that are ready to go when it's time. I don't want to see the, you know, Cody Rhodes tag team with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Bloodline on Raw for no reason to build towards WrestleMania. Save that match. Like, they are doing much better. Cody worked with Baron Corbin like yeah. last week. Nerfed him in the suit. <laughs> but, but I'd rather see Sammy that. nerfed him this week. Yeah. I'd rather see guys working than not working. Yeah. The same. Mustafa Ali couldn't buy a match. But he was on TV constantly, yeah. getting nerfed every week. 
And then now they're like, yo, we'll give you Ziggler. So you can win and like develop this character. It's their own little story. That's it. And then it's 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 okay. Ricochet was just chilling around, blah, blah. Him and Strowman said the flippy shit. They're in a tag team. The tag team works. Yeah. yeah so like, it's, it's cool. Keep Strowman on TV. Ricochet like, on TV. Not every storyline hits, but I, 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 I like seeing people work. That's the, all. The depth is key. Yeah. Now you got to build depth around each title, which is, I think, the next step. Because the tag team titles don't have the depth there that you are building in other places. The women's tag team titles have zero depth, which was called out by Becky Lynch yes. this past Monday. Like, yo, y'all haven't done anything. Yeah, how you the great? Y'all ain't did shit. Yeah, y'all ain't do shit. So, like, they're very aware. And you have to build depth in these areas. But, again, you build that depth by putting people on TV, see who gets what reactions, and you can funnel them through there as is. Uh, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. Come on, man. This was... That pop, Sammy came out to. So, I, my only issue with the entrance is they, to me, they gave it away on SmackDown. Yeah. By, by having him come out to that music. Now, granted, the pop was still massive. But I wish they would have saved the music yeah. for Elimination Chamber. That being said, dude, we knew what this was going to be. That, that crowd was 100% into it. Like, Peacock was like, well... FTC is just going to get us this weekend because we can't. There's too much. There's too many curse words. Fuck you, Roman chants. Like, that crowd was nuclear for that entire match. The entrances, the, the match itself. Some people were critical about the ref bumps. I thought it was necessary. I said it. I said it on the show. Roman has to cheat. Yep. Shenanigans. You got to keep hope for Sami Zayn. If he nerfs him, there's no hope. And there's no reason to ever go back to this. I thought this was, I thought this was a tremendous match. This was one of one of the best matches. Yeah, yeah, best match of 2023 thus far in terms of like in-ring action. That was great. The way Jay Uso slid into the ring and just stood there and looked, this was different than what I anticipated. I thought they were gonna pull the trigger on Jay Turner on Sammy now. Yeah. But they left it so you don't know what's going like Kevin's not completely sold on Sammy. We saw that on Raw the next night. They Somebody was smart enough to go, guys, we got six weeks, right? Slow down. Slow down. Like, we'll get them in the reunion. We'll set the stage. I didn't see, I didn't expect Sammy to spear Jay. I didn't expect that to happen after Jay refused. My only question, though, is, yeah, Roman Punk and Jay again. So I need an answer to this as to why, if we're going the Usos versus Owens, Owens and Zayn, is Jay doing this reluctantly? And is Kevin doing this reluctantly? I'm very curious about that. But this match... Some people don't like Roman talking too much. I love it. I think it's some tremendous heel work. Oh, that's incredible. That's the best part of his wrestling. It's like some people think it's slow and boring, but I'm like, he's a fucking heel. Let him talk to Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's wife is named Khadijah, which continues to pop me every time <laughs> I see it. Because I'm like, is that a black woman? And I see Khadijah's like, no, I get it. because Religion and everything else. This is funny. She got a lot of screen time. The kids were like, yo, he's beating up my dad. They were, there were so many layers to this. Him talking to her when he has the belts in his hand, like, pre-show, like... He got, he got all kinky again. Yeah. He's swinging the, the belts. belts. Yeah. Oh, this motherfucker <laughs> yeah. Roman, man. He's something else. Dude, his heel work is, is just phenomenal. And again, I'm a, a connoisseur of the flippy shit. I don't need everybody to do no. flippy shit. It's okay if people wrestle differently. And his style is more methodical. It's more like psychological warfare. Yes. Hence the smushing Jay. Before he did that, he didn't have to smush Jay. Jay could have hit Sammy with the chair. He would never got smushed. 
He said, it's him or it's me. Jay stood there in between Sammy and him, looking at him like, oh. And he's like, yo, I know you heard me. You're either with me or you're with him. Gave him the chair. The same callback to when he gave Sammy same. the chair. He and held it exactly yep, the same. Same. Jay took the chair. Turned his back. Turned his back and everything. Roman got to chill with that shit. Yeah, he I mean, should know better. It, he saw it coming. He was like, is he going to really hit me? And when he doesn't hit him, yeah, listen, I just told you what it was. At this point, it's just disrespectful to Roman. Roman's like, you didn't come in here and I punk you just outright. I ain't slap you and be like, you hit him now. I said, are you with me? And if you're not, yeah, I'm going to smush you then. Like, th- don't just sit here and look at me and be stupid. Why you come out here then? Why are you embarrassing me? That's one of those. It's like, why are you embarrassing the family? So, no, that's Roman's not punking him. Roman's like, yo, speak up. It, it, it leaves a lot in turn. Again, this is smart because if you ever want to go back to Jay versus Roman, it's right here in front of you. They have, they left a lot of storylines dangling to the point where this is called long-term storytelling. This is also called callbacks, which New Japan does excellent in their, a lot of their matches. They call back to previous matches. That callback where Roman hands Jay the, the, the uh, chair and turns his back is exactly what happened with Sammy. And it works especially with video packages because they look very similar. Yeah. But all this, I think, was well done. Shout t- out to hiring a Marvel guy. Yes. Uh, who I don't even know have worked on this story. Shout out to Paul Heyman, too, for his weak-ass yeah. punches. No, just in general. Like, that's the oh, ideas yeah. you get for someone who oh, does yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. And, like, stuff, like, yo, the framing of it has to be the exact same so we can do, like, a yeah. splice and blah, blah. Shout out to Paul Heyman for the Weasley punches. I thought those were great. Um, <laughs> then he has the neck brace on Raw. Yeah. He's talking about Cody. Like, hey. And then... Roman's a happily married man. The match itself, before we really quick go through the aftermath, I talked to a few pro wrestlers after the match, right? I'm not going to say their name. And all, all of them said the same thing. Simple sometimes is better. Because we get so many near falls, flippy shit, tons of finishers. Sometimes you need to go back to the basics. Ref bump, cheat. It's shit in, it's shit out. Talk, few rest holds, because you want to work the crowd. Hogan Rock at WrestleMania, was at 19, was so good because the crowd was into it. And Hogan and Rock didn't do any flippy shit. They nah. played to the crowd. Roman play, knew how hot that crowd was going to be. And he was like, let me drag this shit out. It was brilliant storytelling. I thought, I thought this match was fantastic. Yeah. Wrestling at its core is storytelling. Yes. You can do that through your moves. You do that through spots, but you can also do it in other ways. Ring psychology is not dead. Like, it's one of those things where we're watching a story play out. It's just a very physical story. And Romans, again, once he bought into that, the original J feud is where it really clicked. Because during that J feud, it was so much talking, so much just slow, methodical holds, not rest holds, but like submission holds punishing people, everything. And Jonathan Majors described his portrayal of Kang this way. It's like no wasted movements. Every move I make is for a reason. Everything means something. And that's Roman how he wrestles now. Nothing is wasted. No. There's not a clothesline out of place. You're not doing something just to do it. You're not doing like 12 Superman punches as a baby. No. Everything is for a reason when he's in the ring. Yeah, and I'm enjoying it. So... Uh, then we get to the aftermath with the Jay and everything else, and Kevin Owens comes out and allows Sammy to get his kick in and rolls out of the ring. Like, cool. That, that again, great storytelling. What happened with Jay? Jay took one spear, it was out. Again, 
This is where I say you have to. There's two things that you have to suspend your like disbelief is in reality is one, yeah, that one spear from little ass Sami Zayn took Jay out. Nah, okay. The other thing is Kevin, why don't you show up earlier? Yeah. But my answer stop. to that is it would have DQ'd his friend Sami Zayn. Yeah, but Roman doesn't care about getting DQ'd. Hence the million ref bumps. Hence his family coming out because if he gets DQ'd, he maintains the exactly. belt and being champion. If Kevin comes out. And just molly wops Roman or save somebody or anything like that. Interfuse in any way. Takes the chair. They can DQ Sammy, costing Sammy the title, which you can't do to your friend. Yeah, I'm just, all I'm saying is, I think it's good storytelling. Everything's not going to be, oh, they should have did this. A real person. Look, it's not fucking real. Stop. So it's like, when I watch fucking Marvel movies, like, why is he doing that? Or watch a horror movie. Don't go in that door. Yeah, but if you don't go in that door, what we don't have a movie. So we got to do the dumb shit to get to the great shit. I thought, again, thought this was great. I think they've done everything. This is one of the best stories that WWE has ever told, right? Yep. It, it, it will see us to this conclusion, and I keep saying it. A lot of y'all was like, we're doing all this just to get Cody the title? Who said Cody's going to win? There is no guarantee Cody Rose is going to win the title. And you if, don't know how that ends. And I've seen people like list all the people that Roman's beat, and they were like, I'm tired of this. Dude, Hulk Hogan held that title for years. Bob Backlund held the title for years. Pedro Morales held the title for years. I don't need flipping of the titles back and forth. I enjoy watching Roman Reigns with long-term title reigns because whoever beats him is made. And Cody kind of just got here. If he wins, I have no problem with it because I think the story, of, you know, finish the story is fantastic to end at Mania in tribute to Dusty Rose. But if he loses, I'm also okay with that. Keep chasing. Yeah, there's, there's a bigger story there to tell because you can go Cody, you can go Sammy, you can go Jay, right? Or you can give it to somebody else like Gunther. There are a, a bunch of different ways you can go. If Roman loses now, I'll be very interested in how they tell his story without those titles. He's become synonymous with domination. Does he melt down? I don't know. But I think everything being left open like this is, I'm okay. This is the first time I'm heading into WrestleMania in years where I'm like, I'm good with this. I'm, and I'm invested. I'm completely invested. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's so open-ended. So we'll touch on more pro wrestling on Friday's show. Comes out Thursday night, Friday. But again, Impact there, AEW there, more WWE talk because Cole will be in here. We'll ask him his opinions on stuff. Uh, possible interviews. It's just going to be fun. It's all pro wrestling this weekend. So I can't wait. Thank you all for checking out our little special show around Elimination Chamber. You guys can follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram, at Corner Pod on TikTok. Check us out on YouTube. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios, Wind Resort in Las Vegas. If you guys are in town for Impact, hit us up. Come check us out Thursday, 5.30 p.m., 7.30. Come. There's like a giant glass window. You guys can hear us. Watch the show. Hang out here. It's going to be a fun weekend of pro wrestling. And then, of course, if you're here on the road to WrestleMania, we have SmackDown going on in March. And before we head to L.A. as a, as a crew and crewing up in L.A., it's going to be fun. It's going to be one hell of a journey in the next six weeks. We're on the road to WrestleMania as well. So it is going to be fun. Thank you all. Until next time, we are out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.